Welcome everyone to the Truth and Rally podcast, and we have a champion in the NBA. And those champion, and that champion, ladies and gentlemen, is the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, listen, first championship in over 40 years, they were down 2-0 to the Suns, they made adjustments, and they won four straight. After ESPN and other people were thinking, was saying that maybe this was going to be a series in where both teams were just going to win at home, and if so, the Suns were willing will win in seven. The series also started, ladies and gentlemen, if you can remember, that the Greek freak was de- got hurt during the Atlanta series, missed games against Atlanta, and was even doubtful in even playing the first game of the series versus the Suns. But de- the day of the game, he was upgraded to... Uh, question questionable and was able to play and played the whole series the whole six games in the first game I thought man he got 11 attempts that's not good enough for a guy who's making over 25 million who's supposed to be one of the top 10 players and I say man if this is what Budenholz is going to do they're not going to win but game three came and they changed everything I think they won by 20 points in the in the third game and never looked back they made the necessary adjustments, even though Booker didn't shy away. Booker was still good. But other pieces of the Suns just didn't show up like Booker to help them uh, defeat the Bucks in the NBA Finals. Again, last week I was talking about the experience of Budenholzer. Like I said, Budenholzer was an assistant coach for over 10 years with the Spurs, has, had, has more coaching experience, and prior to... To last week, he had about 80 games at, oh, as a head coach in the playoffs versus Monte Williams, less than 30, 30 games. And I think experience helped because, ladies and gentlemen, who would have thought a team that was down 2-0 was going to have the capability of to come back? And, win, and at least, not, just, not that they wouldn't have come back and, and potentially win the NBA Finals. The fact that they came back and whatever little adjustment they made Help them win four straight games. Not just, okay, they won two and then the game went back and forth. This is that they made the adjustments, it worked, and the Suns n- never were able to make any readjustments to win the series versus the Bucks. And I think experience, experience helped. You know, after the series and after the NBA uh, Finals was over, in a press conference, uh, Giannis, the Greek freak, said a statement. He said that I could have went to a super team and do my part and win an NBA championship. But he chose to do it the hard way, just to paraphrase, and he did it. And I love that about him. I love the idea that he had the opportunity to do what every person has been doing or been trying to do since LeBron James, Bosh, and Dane, Dwayne Wade had met up down in Miami more than 10 years ago. Well, about 10 years ago. It seems like everyone has been trying to do that, but the Greek freak didn't cho- didn't do it. He chose the extension. He chose to stay. He chose the hard way, but the reality is that's what he's experienced his whole life. His mom worked hard for his him and his two other brothers and worked the streets and tried to do whatever they could to help us, his family. Remember, he's an immigrant. He didn't just have it hard in his country, 
He also had it hard here. He didn't come here rich. So the, the way of what's supposed to be the American dream, which is work hard and, and it pays off, that's what the Greek freak is getting right now in the NBA for what he's doing. You know, to continue on the Greek freak, if you did not know prior to today, listen to this. So 2003, the Greek freak was 196. Since then, he has gained over 46 pounds of muscle. And not, not just that, he grew at least 10 inches, no, he grew 8 inches since he started in the NBA. 10 inches. Who goes from 6'3", a potential point guard in the NBA, entering the NBA, growing over 8 inches, about 8 inches, and becoming a dominant power forward? You can't name it. LeBron James came at 18, 19 years old, 18, 18 or 17 years old. He didn't grow 8, eight inches or 5 or 3 or 2. He was 6'8", six, 6'9", six, when he came in, and has been the same height ever since. So that's what, to me, this makes this the Greek freak Giannis even more attractive. Even more attractive of, of a player to clamor over. Yes, he did grow attention. Sorry. Correction. But long story short, there has never been a Giannis in the NBA ever. Ever. I don't think there's ever been a guy who's come into the NBA at one position, had to learn another position, gained weight to, so that the weight, weight and height match up and had a great career. Like I said, I like the Greek freak. He chose the hard way. He, chose the, he had another way to choose, and the way he, he could have chose is LeBron's soft way method. A lot of players and a lot of teams have chose this method. Let's be real. Golden State did it when they signed Durant, even though they didn't need Durant. Brooklyn is the most recent team trying to do it when they got Durant, Irving, and Harding. Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron. Let's be realistic. Houston when they had Westbrook and Harden together. And just recently, even though they're not there yet, because they need other added pieces, but Washington with Beal and Westbrook. So, long story short, congrats goes to the Milwaukee Bucks in um, becoming an NBA champion. The first time in over 40 years since Oscar Robinson led them to the 1973-1974 season NBA championship. And congrats goes to the Suns, no matter what you want to say. They were the second, second or first best team in, in, the, in the Western Conference, and they made the NBA Finals. But ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm, I'm sorry to be the cynic. Let's get back to reality. The Bucks won because the Nets wasn't healthy. Let's be realistic. And Irvin and Harden healthy and playing at least their B-plus game addition with Durant is unstoppable. You're talking about three guys who have the chance and opportunity to have 75 points or more just with them alone, with no additional help. Durant played amazing, but the reality was he was missing Durant. I mean, he was missing Harden and he was missing Irving playing the A game. And the Bucks were able to take advantage of that and win, even though Durant had an amazing series. But the same also goes to the Suns. Would we would would have we really have seen the Suns 
go past the first round if Anthony Davis was healthy? Let's be realistic. Would we have seen it? I don't think so. Then you go, to, and like I said last week, and I've said in the past, you would have not seen, we don't know what the series would have been for the Nuggets if Murray played, and the same for the Clippers with Leonard. So the thing is, this is one of those seasons in NBA championships where it's like, okay, now can you do it again when things are back to normal the way they normally are done? Can you actually overcome the odds of a healthy Anthony Davis, a healthy Murray, a healthy uh, Kawhi Leonard, a healthy Irving and Harden? Will we still see these two teams in the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals and in the NBA Championship? Will they be back next year? I say no, but I could be wrong. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, less than seven days, the offseason is upon us. The draft is upon us. The first thing that most teams will be a part of, how do they improve their team? Who do they draft? Who do they trade? The crazy thing about this upcoming year's draft, ladies and gentlemen, is that multiple teams have at least two draft picks or more. Orlando, uh, the Warriors, I think, have it. Oklahoma City, the Knicks. I mean, and I'm probably missing the team. Oh, Houston Rockets. Probably missing out on, on maybe another team. But long story short, multiple teams have at least two picks. Now, some of these teams could take these two picks and trade them for a superstar. And actually, there's only two teams that that could bounce back. One is actually only 500, and that's the New York Knicks. But another has a, an opportunity to improve, and that's the Warriors, because the Warriors last season didn't have Thompson. And the theory out there and the idea out there is that with a healthy Thompson, the Warriors would have won more games. And they probably would have went deeper into the playoffs if Thompson was available. But another team that I look at, maybe this is a special interest in, in my part because I am a New York Knicks fan. But the New York Knicks have two dr first-round draft picks. And upon having two first-round draft picks, they have over $60 million in salary cap. So they could do um, immense of things to try to improve, not just to be a good six team, like a six seed team, but also a team that could potentially move up to be one of the top three, top four teams in the Eastern Conference. Because right now, the play-in is still going to be associated with linking up and linking up. We're getting to the to the playoffs. So if you want to be in the playoffs and you want to be a lock, you have to be the sixth seed or better. If you're seventh and eighth, you have to do those playing games in order to make the NBA playoffs. So those other we don't know what Golden State's going to do. We don't know what a healthy Thompson gonna, is going to do. They could potentially be one of those teams who have two first-round draft picks that can go back. But the New York Knicks, to me, are the most interesting team because they were over 500. They made the playoffs. They were even 10 games over 500. So the thing is, what do they do? Some of us Knicks fans are nervous because we have made moves over the last 20 years and have always seemed to work against us. So uh, until they prove us, until the season actually happens, until there's 41 games into the season, as of right now, we're all kind of anxious and nervous to see what they're going to do and what's going to happen, whatever move that they decide to make. But let's get back to the Lakers. Let's get back to LeBron James. Ladies and gentlemen, LeBron James, I just 
I don't like this guy. Because right now he's trying to go for another super team. He's trying to go for Chris Paul. He's trying to go for Westbrook. He's trying to do a DeRozan slash Cal Lowry combination to add to the Lakers. I mean, really? This is a guy who's not trying to work hard. Rather than get guys, I mean, listen, they have young guys in Kuzma, Tucker, and maybe this Dennis Schroeder has to be let go because there was supposed, supposed rumor that him and Kuzma were clashing. And maybe that played in conflict and why this team, the NBA, uh, the LA Lakers, did not uh, go deep into the playoffs because there was controversy in the locker room. But man, LeBron James wants to do another trio yet again. Now, for Paul, it makes sense because Paul is 36 years old. He doesn't have two or three more seasons under his belt, maybe. Or at least three more seasons. Maybe he does have two. But the reality is he's on the decline. He's had, he's not the same player. He can have flashes of being great, but it's not consistent. And you even see it in the, in the playoffs. One game, he's okay. Next game, he's great. One game, he's bad. One game, he's great. There was never like two or three straight, four straight games where he was having a great game at all. But ladies and gentlemen, LeBron James wants Westbrook. He wants Paul. Paul can come in, but he, he'll probably have to sacrifice some money or he will probably have to do a sign and trade. Do the Suns even want to do that? Do the Suns even want to f face Chris Paul with the Lakers and help the Lakers be one of the top three teams in the Western Conference? Does, is Washington, after making the playoffs the first time in a long time, want to get rid of Westbrook and trade him away? So now, you know, let's get back to the regular offseason. This is going to be a crazy, not crazy. This is going to be a different offseason compared to last year, ladies and gentlemen. Because last year, because of COVID, as of right now, the bubble was, was starting or had been starting for the last two weeks. And they had to play a series of games before the playoffs starts. And the NBA season finished late. But now, we're kind of back to reality in the sense that it's going to be the same once they always get off. So now they're going to start the season like they always do around September, October, or November. And long story short, we'll see what happens. A lot of teams, a lot of players were angry this year because they felt that one of the reasons why we had a plethora of injuries in the NBA playoffs was because of the short of the of the season and the short break in between. Listen, I don't know. May, listen, there's a reality. There's a routine that players do, and you get built into this routine. And sometimes we have excuses why things didn't work out because we get used to routines. If you're used to by June and July doing certain things to prepare yourself for the season. How do you prepare when it's not June, July anymore? If you usually get 90 days to exercise and work on certain things and you don't get those 90 days or 120 days, whatever amount of days it is in between the end of the season to start, it plays psyche. That's one of the things that I always see with certain athletes that psychologically, if things don't play out the way they like it or they don't get to prepare the way they like it, sometimes they're not the same player or what have you. But we'll see what happens. We'll see if the teams that benefited from the short season and the lo longer st standoff between the end of the season and the start of the season worked out. Listen, my New York Knicks 
weren't supposed to be a six seed. They weren't supposed to be over 500, and they weren't supposed to go to the playoffs or be a successful team at any level. But compared to most teams that were in the playoffs, this was a team that didn't go into the bubble last year in the summer. So they had their normal layoff. They had more times to practice and heal up and have whatever you want to consider normal in terms of preparing for a season. Now that things are back to normal, will we see the Knicks regress? I don't know. Long story short, we'll wait and see. We'll find out when the season starts. We'll analyze the moves, the trades, the free agents, the draft picks that happen between now and the beginning of the season. We'll see what happens. Let's get to baseball. Less than nine days, ladies and gentlemen, the trade downing will happen. The question of the day is, who will get traded? Tigers have just won six, had a six-game win streak. Do they make a push and attempt to get into the wildcard picture? Or do they trade away players for prospects? What about Seattle? Seattle, 96 games into the season, the six games over 500 and three and a half games out of the last uh, wildcard spot in the American League. Do they make a trade? Do they make an attempt to make the playoffs? This is a great team right now. Not, not a great team, but a great story. They're like my Knicks right now. They weren't expected to be over 500. They weren't expected to have an opportunity to fight for a playoff spot. But yet, after 96 games, they are. And I actually criticized this team. I didn't say, think this team was going to be great. And I actually thought this team was going to be one of the worst teams that was going to lose a minimum of 90 games or more. Prove me wrong. Let's get to the National League. Do the Phillies and Braves make a move in order to try to, t to overtake the Mets in the lead in the National League East? I don't know. Braves are still in contention even though they lost two, not one, but two of the outfielders in Alzona and Acuna Jr. What are names? But they lost two great outfielders. Do they get more offense? They got Jock Peterson, but Jock Peterson is not in the same field as those guys. But he is a welcome and good addition. Do Phillies add more pitching? Because Wheeler and Nola is great, but the, the starting rotation after is not that great. What do they move? What, what do they do? Your team right now, my New York Mets, and it's been rumored and said what is what is a priority for them in this upcoming trade deadline. Well, as of yesterday, they made a move for Rich Hill which is a great welcome addition because of his knowledge and because of who he is. The only question marks on the back of him is he hasn't been injured so far this season. So the scary part is, will he get injured? And will this trade look bad? He's also not looked good in his last few starts. Will he rebound? But ladies and gentlemen, I take a step back and I look at the Mets and I say, I say wait a minute. We're going to gain two starters within the next two weeks. And the Grum and Carlos Carrasco. So do we really need another starting pitcher? People always say, well, we always, they always want to welcome more pitching. But if you have two guys who are going to come in, one's an ace, one is a definitely number two starter and an elite third starter in any team, coming back, do you really need another starter? Do you really need to trade one of your top 30 prospects in order to acquire a starting rotation? In my opinion, if what I'm looking at is offense. Our offense, even though it has been performing after the All-Star break, 
things ha- things happen because the majority of the season we have looked like one of the worst offenses in baseball. What do we do to improve that? We've been able to sustain our leading division with our great pitching and decent uh, fielding. But the rally is we're like 20th and, and less in most categories. So what do they do? Some think pitching, I say offense. We'll see what happens between now and next week. What do the Yankees do? The Yankees are still in contention behind the Rays and the, and the Red Sox. What do the Yankees do? The Yankees right now are not in the spot that they, I know that they want to be at. The reality was they thought that maybe a guy like Corey Kluber and Luis Serviano were going to be healthy enough since June, maybe at least. And yet, they haven't been, been with the Yankees in about two months. And it's affected the Yankees. It affects the bullpen. Because after Garrett Cole, it's a wild card who is legitimately the number two, number three, third starter. Can this team make the playoffs? They have great talent in terms of hitting, but can this team make it to the playoffs? They have one of the biggest payrolls in the Major League Baseball. Do they Are they going to be one of those teams with the biggest payroll and not make the playoffs? We'll see what they do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Vince Williams of the Pittsburgh Steelers just retired after signing a one-year contract. He went to uh, college in Florida State. He's only 31 years old, and he's retiring. And I always find it crazy. Why do you want to play a sport where you're going to be done at 31? I think in in football, out of any other sport, you got to think about what's going to be be there for you. And like at 25, 26, should be the time that you're starting to think, what's my second job? Am I going to work for ESPN? Am I going to go work for a college place? Am I going to become a coach? What am I going to do? Ladies and gentlemen, 31 years old. 31 and he's done. Now listen, I get why certain players do retire. You got to think about something, ladies and gentlemen. The injuries, but more importantly, the concussions play a big role on players having dementia and other brain issues that happen. We'll see what happens. Congrats to, to his short career and to him. Now, ladies and gentlemen, two, two things. If you don't know, now you're going to know. And that is the NBA, the NBA, the NFL is mandating that players and coaches be vaccinated. And on top of that, they have said that if there's a certain outbreak or if there's players missing because of the COVID, teams will have to forfeit a game. And the forfeiting game is an out, a lost. So we could see certain teams who have knuckleheads like Ramsey and Hopkins or whoever, Cole Beasley, the Bills, not make the playoffs or not be dominant the way they should be dominant. Why? Because the guy chose to not play because he chose not to have a vaccine. Listen, personally, for me, I like the option of giving people wear the mask. You don't want the the vaccine? Fine. That's your choice. That's your prerogative. That's what you want to do? Great. Wonderful. Wear a mask. Don't think about others. I like that option. Two coaches from the Pat, one coach from the Pats and one coach from the Vikings left the team because of the mandate. And this, this is just the beginning. The question of the day is, which teams 
are going to lose one more games because of COVID and because they had to forfeit. Which offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, what kind of star coach is going to resign because of the controversy associated and attached to the vaccine? That's, it's crazy. Many camps will start also, too, within the next seven days. Many camps in the three-game preseason. This offseason is back to normal, back to preparation for, for this upcoming season. You know, last season, a lot of teams had to have virtual practice. And ladies and gentlemen, virtual practice doesn't help players and coaches really prepare for the season. Let's be realistic. In a virtual virtual or just talking about it, the players always hit their mark. They always do what they're supposed to do. But when you're in practice, it's a different story. You get associated with players who just don't know plays, who can't understand plays, who don't meet the mark, who always make mistakes. So then you make readjustments on how to associate with that into the regular season or how to make that better because you've seen practices from February into August. Last year, they didn't see it. You know, personally for me, I think my New York Giants, who had one of the worst offenses last year, suffered because they had a new offensive coordinator and a new O-line. So certain players didn't progress the way they were supposed to progress because you got to get used to the practices. You got to get used to the scheme. You got to get used to what your coach is trying to say and understand it well. Sometimes it doesn't happen right away. Sometimes it does take two or three months for you to get better. An example, Thomas and Gates were two guys who went into the season rookie at their position, and with more practices by the eighth, eighth game and on, they looked much better than the first eight games. And I, and I play a tribute to that, to more practices, more learning about what their pros and their cons are and how to work with it. So they're a team like, like them who may improve dramatically this, this uh, season and on offense because they had to get used to a new offensive coordinator. Jason Garrett. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, maybe you're watching the Olympics, maybe you're not. I'm not a big Olympics person, but maybe you are. We'll see what happens. We'll talk about it. We'll see what happens with players maybe getting COVID, what happens with them not performing for the team. We already have uh, a player, um, player, uh, a track star not in the Olympics because of marijuana. Not because of COVID, but because of marijuana. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is my episode. This is the Truth in Rally podcast. Have a wonderful day and even better night. Bye-bye.